on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. You're listening to The Jan Price Show, and today my guest is legendary surfer Nathan Fletcher, and we're talking about his brand new documentary, Heavy Water. Welcome to the show, Nathan. Uh, thank you, Jan. It's a pleasure to have you here. I am. I was flabbergasted watching this uh, documentary. Um, my jaw was down to the floor almost the whole time I was watching it. Uh, you are truly an amazing surfer, and you've come from a long line of legendary surfers. Let's talk a little bit about your family and your family heritage and how you got into this. Um, well, it was, uh, as nature uh, has it, um, it was inevitable. You know, my family was surfers and this and that. But no, I just, you know, I truly love going in the ocean. I love going to the beach. And I love feeling like you have the free spirit of a 12-year-old when you go down to the shoreline. So that's truly what I'm drawn to. And that's actually what all of this has come from. And that's what I strive to still make my most important goal of surfing is just to knowing that I'm having fun and I'm just enjoying my childhood dreams, you know? What could be better? <laughs> Nothing what could be, be better. better. <laughs> but when it turns to a job, you know, you forget a lot. And a lot of people, these and professionals and then, uh, you know, the journalists and the whole, it's like you forget because it's a profession. You know, there's a lot of money to be made. There's a lot on the line. There's images that come and, you know what I mean? Identities that come and go. And so it's really, you know, you get caught up in the, in the moment of trying to make it a business. And then you forget that it is fun and that you are enjoying the birds and the shoreline and, you know, the sunset and, you know, playing with your friends. And so it's, you know, you just got to remember where you came from, why you do it. And that's the love that drew you there and, and the passion that made you who you are. So that's really the most important thing to me. Great words to live by for everyone, to follow your dreams and your passions for sure. So tell us a little bit about your grandfather and your father, um, because they were legendary and they kind of led the way for surfing today and certainly for what you're doing yeah um you know my father and grandfather were both uh big uh inspirations obviously to me but to the whole surf industry my grandfather had a lot to do with you know uh the aloha print coming from hawaii because they were a uh you know a garm or not a garment but a textile manufacturer and so they were doing that so my grandpa went to hawaii in 1948 he had to get stationed there in the military just to fly there um because he met george downing on the beach in 46 at malibu who was another surfer big wave rider and so that all stemmed into my parents, my dad being at the Makaha contest in the 60s, and then my mom being there because of her sister and her father. Uh, and so that's how my parents met, was on the beach at Makaha when they were 15 and 16, and they're still together today. And so my dad inventing uh, surfboard traction, and then also, you know, bringing the jet ski into the waves and kind of inventing toe surfing, water safety or water rescue with a jet ski. Um, all those things being said, it was inevitable for me, you know, to not, whatever, just, I was born to be a surfer, but I steered away from it and did other things because as a child, it was too much pressure and I, it was just got weird. And so I quit and I rode motorcycles and did other things just to uh, find out who I was, but that gave me a different outlook at surfing and made me really enjoy surfing as a, as a surfer because I came back to it and I started getting paid to do it instead of getting a real job. And I was like, oh man, so that's kind of what drove me to being a surfer was almost going to work and then also you know seeing my parents but they had businesses my grandparents this and that so 
I saw the floor plan, but I was uh, I had to choose my own line, and my own line was something that I could have never foresaw going into it. But it was all through following my heart and just going at uh, it will by the seat of my pants. And so now, when I look back at it and I talk to you, I'm like, yeah, I was supposed to do all these things. I was supposed to be me. But going through it, I didn't know it. And yes, it was from having uh, childhood influences in the surf world and being around it. But I tried to shy away from it at one point and then realized that I couldn't because that's who I am. <laughs> it's in your blood. You can't really walk away because your, your brother is involved in it too, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You have- He's a, yeah. So it's in the DNA. But, you know, when you're a kid, you try and find your own way. You rebel. It's just human nature. You want to figure it out and so i figured out that i was just born to be a surfer and i love all these other things too so actually i'm an extreme sports athlete uh that loves adrenaline and that's basically what i do you know so i'm not just a surfer i like to skate i like to snowboard i like to ride motorcycles and i could do them all proficiently i'm not great but i could have fun with good people and so that's that's really all that matters to me is going and enjoying myself with my friends well, that's very apparent in in the movie, obviously, that you're an adrenaline junkie, but also that you've taken, uh, you know, you took skateboarding and motorbiking and uh, and what you did with those sports and how you integrated that into surfing. You want to talk a little bit about that? Because it changed the way surfing, uh, the surfing, the picture of surfing, you know, changed because of the way that you integrated uh, those aspects into it. Well, it's interesting, and that's like what I was talking about before. That was just me uh, going and doing stuff that was fun. And the reason I would uh, go snowboarding was because it just kind of was a new sport, you know. And uh, I was 12 years old, and so then you go to the mountains, and you're pretending you're surfing, but you're surfing better than you could ever surf because you're strapped to your your snowboard. And then you meet all these different people that are mountain people or different kind of area people, but they're all attracted to the same thing. And then all of a sudden, you like those people, and it's new, and like grunge music just came out – you know like a derivative of punk rock and a whole thing a whole part a whole subculture from surfing because that's another thing without surfing there is no skateboarding right so skateboarding is and so without skateboarding and surfing there's no snowboarding and so if you go back to in history it's just uh evolution and so it's just kind of all part of it and that's what drives you to even do it and so now that's part of like say they didn't have the x games they didn't have any of that stuff but that's all part of it now and so it's more understandable and so there's no title for it but the only title is is oh you really enjoyed your life and you tried your hardest at the things you love to do and so you did a good job at it and now other people can do it better like my nephew he skates and surfs and then other kids do it at higher levels and it's it's all good it it is all good so so after you you kind of moved away from not wanting to surf and you went into these other sports, what brought you back in to the surfing world? Yeah, well, it's it shows that in the movie. Basically, I was uh, working at my parents and I was uh, I got a couple hundred bucks a month to ride motorcycles, and then I got this opportunity for Gotcha Europe to go to this contest in Tahiti because France owns Tahiti or whatever. So Gotcha Europe put on the first contest in Tahiti. Then um, I said, "Oh man, if I make it through the second round of the trials of this contest, I'm going to try and be a pro surfer. But if not, I'm going to go back and just continue what I was doing, uh, which was being married, had a wife, had a house, blah blah blah, this and that." So made it through six rounds of the contest into the main event then once the main event made it through two more rounds and then all of a sudden the waves got really big and i got uh two 10 point rides in one heat 
And at that time, they uh, scored three waves, and then I got a 7-5. So a uh, perfect heat would have been three tens, but now they only score two waves in the heat. So it's basically nowadays it would have been a perfect scoring heat. But that rocket launched me into uh, being a pro surfer, getting paid to surf. And so then when I came home, I, I was getting a salary, and my life changed. It changed in many ways, didn't it? Oh, yeah, no. I didn't, yeah, changed in many ways. Did you want to so. just go into what, how else it changed your life? Well, just, you know, I broke away from my family. I lost my house, my wife. Um, I started getting a salary to surf. I traveled the world. I moved into my car. Um, I did whatever you call soul searching, uh, everything, you know. And so then I was like, I got a place, um, traveled more, surfed, just did more things. And so, um, yeah, it just made me who I am as far as like in surfing. And I made me have a career. It got me a little budget to travel and then uh, show the world, I guess, what more I had to offer. So, so how did this movie come about? This documentary, Heavy Water. How did how did this all manifest? Well, with Michael Oblowitz, he asked me to do an interview, and he wanted me to tell him a story about you know some things in my life. And so when I told him the story about what had happened in the, you know, the recent past of those waves and everything leading up to it, you know, it brings me to tears if I really go in depth into it because it's that gnarly, you know, or that crazy. And so once you uh, tell a person a story and he knows all the characters, you know, uh, once you tell him a story and you break down into tears because you're so passionate and it's so, uh, you know, such a uh, event in your life that you can't help but just show those kind of emotions. So then, when he went back, he came back. He's all Nathan. We got a we got a movie here. We got to do a movie on this, you know. And so I said okay. And so then it changed. The narrative changed. A lot of things happened. And then uh, I told him, man, if, if you really want to do this, you know, I what I want to do is because I'm not getting paid to do the movie, right? I'm all. But if you can make it so I can jump out of a helicopter and go wave, I'll do the rest of the movie. And so he said, okay, no problem. And I said, okay, I'll believe it when I see it, right? But then he made it happen. So that's the, uh, you know, the basic, uh, you know, timeline or basis of how the movie came about. And uh, it came about all organically. uh, And it was, there was a lot of skepticism against it. People didn't want me to do it. And I followed my heart and chose to do it. And then once he came back with a finished product, I was super happy with what he had done with the resources he had and the, uh, you know, the limits that were put in front of him to the footage, to the story, to all the different things that he had to deal with. So once he came back, it was, I was very happy, you know, and I was like, wow. And I believed in Michael from the beginning because I said, if he does his best work and does his homework and everything, and he puts his heart into it and I put good energy into it, He's going to have something great. And I felt like uh, people received it well. People like it. And so that was another surprise to me because I'm, oh, maybe I like it because, you know, I can understand it. It's my story. But now when people watch it, I've got a, a, a interesting and very positive response to, you know, the story and the people that watch and how they like it. And it's from all different genres of life. Well, it is heart pounding. There's no doubt about that. Throughout the film, you're you know you're going, oh my god, I can't believe this. But let's let's talk about the jumping from a helicopter and, and surfing, because who thinks of these things, Nathan? I mean, where did this idea come from? Well, it's actually uh, well, it came from Danny Way jumping out of a helicopter into a ramp, and that was the biggest ramp 
people had seen skateboarding and that's how he introduced because then they had the quarter pipe and then they put a big jump before it that's how he invented the the mega ramp and so the mega ramp was invented by danny way jumping out of a helicopter into a ramp because he couldn't go that high otherwise and so my uh my thoughts in my head were like oh yeah well you could jump into a wave because that's the only way you're going to be able to go high and jump into something so it was basically a skateboard background and then doing airs and uh jumping off rocks into waves and just the same thing like you're a kid you know you jump off of uh, deck into the sand because it's higher than the couch onto the carpet you know so that's it's just uh human nature is you want to go bigger and so it was and then i got the opportunity when he said yeah so i was like oh cool and in my opinion it didn't come out what i would want it to have because i had to complete it on a certain day at a certain time under all the guidelines of having the insurance having the faa having all the camera guys having the boats having all these things so in my head i never calculated any of that right and so it and then the hour that it would take to go around. So there wasn't all the thought of the production in my head. I was just thinking of the actual act of jumping out of the helicopter. Right, right. And so on game day, it was totally different than what I could have ever predicted. And that was the other thing. I'm like, oh, I, I, uh, there were so many variables of moving parts and, and all the actions that were going to take place. I actually had to not think about it. I'm like, oh, I can't even think about this because I'm totally over overthinking it and all the variables that I can't even imagine that are going to happen are just going to happen. So I said, oh, I'm not going to think about it. And on the day that we get all this, I'm just going to do it and uh, not put the, th- you know what I mean? Right. And whatever happens, happens. Because with a helicopter and a moving wave and the wind and all these things, you just go over and over and over. And it's just like too much to think about. And, and so it's more like, oh, you just get out and do it. Bam. And if you do it, you do it. And if it's not, then you figure it out there. But then it was pouring rain and really bad conditions when you did and it. And that was all part of it. And it was funny because that was a big like upset because it was nice in the morning and we couldn't pull it off because all the details. But for the narrative of the movie, it made a much better, more dramatic, more my personality movie, more sus- – you know what I mean? So, so in the end, all these things are mistakes and they all come out to be blessings. Um, and that's basically the story of my life is just follow your heart and do your best and whatever unfolds, deal with it. And it might not look like a blessing at the time, but in the end, if you if you perceive it as good and you just go with what good will come out of the bad, it's like uh, all these accidents turn into just uh, magic. And so that's why I'm having this conversation with you today is, uh, you know, because of not knowing, but just following my heart and letting the magic happen. How beautiful, beautiful. Well, if you were just tuning in, you are listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies. And my guest today is legendary surfer Nathan Fletcher. And we're talking about his brand new documentary, Heavy Water. All right. So you did the, you did the jump and it didn't go well the first time, but you went back and did it. So did, it was all done the same day. Yeah, it was all done. I got to try it seven times altogether oh, with a seven. fail. Wow. But it, but it, because it took an hour, so yeah, you don't think about those things. How long it takes to go to fall to get your board, then to get a jet ski, then you got to take the jet ski to the beach, a fifteen minute drive, then you get on the beach, then a golf cart picks you up, then another fifteen minute wow. drive, then you got to get to the <laughs> helipad, 
Then you get out in the helicopter, and then you got to make sure all the cameras in place, rolling, rolling, blah blah blah. And by the time you've already seen waves go by, you're out on the side, and that's the other thing. Once you take off your communicate your headset, you can't communicate with a pilot. So you're trying to tell him this or that, and he's trying to look at it and judge what you're thinking. And so there's no communication. And so there was all these. It was very. It was really funny. But the only thing that mattered in the end was if I was actually in the helicopter with my board and. Uh, then I go from point A and then I jump and then I land on the wave point B and I ride away. That's what had to be done. And I did that. I completed it. And so that was my, uh, day's job. And so I was really thankful to complete it, get it done. It wasn't to what I would have wanted in my imagination of thinking about it, but that doesn't matter on the day. Huh. Now, is that the seventh jump that the one that was successful? Yeah. So it took seven attempts. Or six attempts, and the seven. So in your head, you're thinking fifty. You want to try it fifty times, right? Right. Uh, you know, just that's your ego. Your ego really wants you to do good, but it just <laughs> doesn't matter. You got it done. You got it done. Well, you did get it done. Um, have you done it since then? No, I wouldn't do it again. No. Okay. Why? Out of respect for uh, you know the universe, really. <laughs> And, you know, just because I don't need to do it again, I did it, and it's super dangerous, and it's not that, uh, you know, the risk to reward isn't great enough. You know, I would do it if I could go 20 feet high and know that I was going to make it a couple times. But to be, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, uh, it was, it's like off the checklist. How about that? Great. That's good. That's a good thing to have off the checklist. What was also interesting for me was the the safety for the helicopter, too. I mean, they had to get oh. you down to, you know, close enough, but then they could have been, you know, no. hit by a the whole thing was The whole thing was a crazy stunt, and it wasn't just me. It was the guys in the helicopter. It was uh, it was one big, it was funny. It was a little bit circusy, actually, when it was all happening with all the jet skis, the boats, the cameras, the helicopter. It was in the radios, and it was really funny. Well, the cinematography, was, I'm sorry, Nathan, I mean to interrupt, but the cinematography no. is unbelievable and the shots they got how did that happen i mean how many cameras were on you and because they seemed like they were right on top of you there there was 80 angles on the on the helicopter i think between all the gopros mounted uh you know there was virtual reality there was uh the big red cameras you know the cinema cameras everything so it was like you know when they went to cut it they could have every angle and every aspect to make it look what they wanted it to feel like you know which is uh, dramatic and suspenseful and you know goes so it kind of puts you in the place what i was dealing with with the wind and the rain and the hell, you know what i mean right so that was really well done on michael's part there was a lot of things that i didn't even really know about that were going into it that were really well done and that's really the difference is what i've seen with other surf uh, motion pictures and this one is it's kind of done you know hollywood but it's also done by a guy who surfed his whole life so he knows and then you know what i mean because he put different sounds and different cuts and different you know visuals to match uh to lead up you know to a certain shot which it's kind of like if you're not a movie goer or a movie watcher you don't really notice it if you're a surfer but when you watch it in a third party with a director oh you realize these things and you're like wow that was really interesting and you know thought out we'll say Mm, yes, exa- exactly. Very well thought. I mean, it, it, it's astounding, actually. The truly astounding. Where can people see this movie? Um, it's going to be on June 13th at AMC Theaters, and then we're going to try and do a one-week run at a at a uh, box office in Santa Monica and one in New York. 
Excellent, wonderful. That's that's this movie should be seen on the big screen. I want everybody to know Heavy Water. It should definitely be seen on the big screen. So, what? How did your wife feel about this? Because you have a young baby, don't you? you I have a little baby well, boy. I I have two. I have a three and a five year old now. At the time, it was I had one. Um, but yeah, no, my wife would just be like any other concerned mother. But you know, this is my livelihood. This is how I pay for uh, you know diapers and whatever else goes into children, which is uh, uh, unlimited, unlimited, unlimited amount of paraphernalia yes. for these kids. I'll just tell you this. Um, and these and these new mothers have this extreme thought that they have to have it all. So yes, that's how I support that habit. Uh, so <laughs> the baby me, habit. Well, it's just for me, so it's like, you know, it's risk and reward, and then I tell her, and she knows, and she she trusts me, and then, you know, I come back, and I tell her, okay, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to do this, oh, so she doesn't really know what's going on as far as all of it, she trusts me and believes in me, and uh, that's as far as that goes, really, so. Good wife, a good wife who does Well, that. then, you know, she was there when, and she was there, yeah, with all, through all the different episodes, too, of people dying, and all of it so she knows the risks it's all part of it and uh you know and i try and calculate my family into all my risks now which i never had so even driving down the road yeah but it's all good very important to do that what so what's next for you uh what's next for me we're going to sirius xm or cal os or something else <laughs> no, no, <I> mean, <laughs> after this after this movie what what's next uh, for you in the surfing scene are you uh I, i'm just kidding yes my life is um totally taking a turn for whatever reason with this movie so basically i'm going to work to do my best to make people be able to see this movie and put good energy into it because i don't know about movies i don't know about the movie industry but that's all i can know is do my best and so wherever that takes me but we're going to go to australia for this and then i'm going to try and take my family to indonesia and there's also uh, Stab Magazine and Vans is putting on an air contest at the Waco Wave Pool on June 25th. And so I get to take my son to that, which is going to be great. So, yeah, surfing's changing. Wave pools are happening. Airs. Um, and so I'm going to just try and be involved in surfing in the sport and, uh, and I don't know, wave the flag. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. How long did it take to uh, make this movie? I think they've been working on it about three years. And that's the other thing. We didn't go to any locations and film or, or do any sort of thing like that for the actual surfing in the documentary part. We did the one day. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of surfing and stuff that would have, you know, I felt like my surfing is much better than what was perceived. I was really happy with the rides that were my lifetime achievement rides. But um, all in all, to see the footage of like Scion, that's really him paddling up to the boat. That's all real time while we're telling the story. So there's a lot of things that fit the narrative that are the, uh, you know, some of the craziest shots that I'll ever have in my life. Like the guy Kirk Passmore dropping in on that wave when we're talking about my son being born the day the guy drowned. That's really the guy's last ride, you know what I mean? But we don't show the wipeout. So there's things that I wish that were better as far as being an athlete and wanting to see like A++ action shots. But the story's super good and it all fits the story. And then the shots that are real um, in the parts where the meaningful parts of the story, those are shots that you just couldn't replace or you couldn't act. And so on that level, it's really, really cool. And, uh, you know, it's overwhelming almost to watch at some point. Oh, it really is. Well, Nathan, I wish you much success with Heavy Water. I, I think it's an astounding movie. And whether you like surfing or not, it's a must-see movie. It's just a 
was so exciting and a total adrenaline rush. So thank you, Nathan Fletcher, for being on the show today, and I wish you much, much success with this. Well, thank you for your time. You're welcome. Go to The Jam Price Show on Facebook to learn more about upcoming shows, and while you're there, please like my page and write a comment. To listen to The Jam Price Movie Minute movie reviews and to listen to archive shows that you may have missed, go to thejampriceshow.com. And also, look for The Jam Price Show all about movies on iHeart Podcast Channel. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. The Yozio Theater in downtown Monterey is now open every day, showing independent and foreign films. The Yozio Theater has new concession offerings, including beer, wine, hard cider, and their homemade lush slush. You can now schedule private event screenings for community charity events, birthdays, anniversaries, or just a fun gathering of friends. For more information, visit the Ozio Theater online at oziotheater.com. 